Hey everyone, this is Zach at FF Chalupa Batman here with another episode of Beyond the Analyst series for Triple Play Fantasy. Here we're going to discuss uh, with another fantasy analyst just to get to know them a little bit better, go beyond fantasy football. We won't be discussing any fantasy football takes. And today I'm really excited to get to interview uh, someone who's kind of my coworker in, in a sense. Uh, but this is the first time we've really gotten to, to interact and, and talk a little bit more. So I'm really excited to introduce Tara. She's a contributor for Fantasy Pros, Fantasy Alarm, Fantasy Alarm Awesome O, and the Dynasty Vipers, which is where we uh, both contribute together. So how are you doing today, Tara? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. I <laughs> uh, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I'm excited to, to finally get to really kind of be able to get to talk to you, get to know you a little bit better, and uh, let the audience get to know you better. So just to kick it off first, you're a rising star in the fantasy sports space. Um, honestly, I remember joining Dynasty Vipers. It's been a little less than a year. Um, and I remember you were under a thousand followers. Or you were in that uh, contest that get more, but you were doing a lot, um, putting out a ton of content. You still are, um, and even more so now. Um, so it's been great to see how much you've grown in the fantasy space and, and everywhere that you're you're working. So what motivated you to start creating fantasy football content to begin with? So it's actually, I have a pretty, probably a story that not very many people can say is how they got into fantasy football. And I think you might know it, but um, for everyone else that doesn't, um, I actually, um, so I was a consumer, but uh, of fantasy football content, um, longtime fantasy football player, but I didn't actually create any content. I wasn't even really on Twitter like at all before um, around this time last year. And the way that I got into it was a really <laughs> interesting story. I joined Clubhouse and um, randomly just got in um, a room with, you know, like 10, 20 or so people talking fantasy football in the offseason last year. And we were talking for a while and it happened to be Major's room. And there were, you know, a bunch of fantasy football people in there that I didn't know, um, contributors within the industry. And then um, after weeks of casual conversation, one day, uh, Matt just randomly asked me, hey, you know, would you be interested in joining the Dynasty Vipers? And I'm like, huh, okay. I've never thought about um, creating fantasy football content. Um, I've, you know, don't know a whole lot about, you know, the Twitter community or any of that. So um, I, you know, got on, took a look around, looked at the Vipers content, and I, I loved it. So I was like, hey, yeah, I want to join you guys. Um, so we started up uh, doing the Behind the Grind series with them. And after a while, I just kind of felt like I wanted to start making uh, my individual content and just kind of, you know, take a risk, put myself out there, uh, started doing um, 30 players in 30 days where I did a video. I wanted to kind of get out there pretty quickly. So I was like, okay, let me set myself a very aggressive, um, very, uh, you know, let it be known timeline of this is what I'm going to do and put out uh, 30 <laughs> individual videos of player profiles over the course of 30 days, which was kind of crazy, um, but fun. <laughs> and uh, did that. It just kind of kicked off from there. Um yeah, I, I it wasn't something that I really expected. Um, I actually do have a, a background in um, in broadcasting. That's what I went to school for and intended to do. And life went a completely different direction. Nowhere near sports broadcasting. Um, so it's kind of cool to come about it in such a random way through fantasy football. I would have never thought that that would have been the way I would have um, gone with uh, with my path here. No, that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing your story. I feel like a lot of people 
I don't say maybe they're intimidated, but uh, some of the bigger names in the industry of like, oh, I can never do that. Or like they've been doing that for so long, I couldn't do it. And it really is just like you said, you have an interest, you have a passion and yeah. you, you got to be vulnerable, but you, you put yourself out there um, and hopefully someone reads it. Hopefully someone likes it. But as long as you're doing what makes you happy, like that's all it, it takes. So I'm, I'm glad you shared your story. Um, and speaking of that, uh, you put out a lot of content on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which I think is awesome. I think it's it's a very untapped right now. I would say there's some out there, but not a whole lot of quality. I really enjoy your videos. Um, it's a new space, um, a lot of opportunities still to go. But how much time like does it take if you want to like just create a single TikTok? This is someone from I've never created a TikTok myself. Um, it, I feel intimidated by it. But how much <laughs> time does it take you to to create one of those videos? I could probably create them a little, a little bit faster than, but I'm like a, a stickler. Like I'll, I'll reshoot things over and over again. If I like find something I slightly don't like about it, I probably need to get better about like that in all aspects of filming. But um, uh, I mean, I could spend literally just an hour doing it, depending on what type of video I'm making. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do, like if it's a waivers video, when I'm kind of, you know, diving into player analysis of, you know, you pick, pick up this guy, this is what he did last week, this guy, this guy. Um, it's not, it's not super time consuming, but, uh, but TikTok is kind of a, it's a different animal. It's very interesting because, uh, you can put the exact same effort into two videos. I could spend, you know, an hour and a half working on this video. I could spend an hour and a half working on that video and have two vastly different results. <laughs> uh, you know, I guess maybe that's a little bit different from like YouTube where, you know, you're, you know, you build up views over time. Your views are pretty stable. You know, things can go viral, but it's a lot different than TikTok where you can get something that just randomly hits and then it drops back down and then it hits again and drops back down. It's, it's, it's fun. So it's, it, it feels super intimidating, but what, once you start to do it, um, it's fun because it's a different style than doing like YouTube or a podcast because the style is different and that the, the, uh, the pacing is a lot faster on TikTok. Um, they want the communication differently. People want it sharp and to the point. And it just, it gives you an opportunity to do something in terms of short, short content. That's very different and very interesting. Um, the TikTok lives are probably my most favorite part of TikTok because uh, they're wild. Uh, they're extremely wild. It's a lot different than doing like a live YouTube show. You do a live YouTube show, um, even very popular channels. You know, you're sitting there and you've got viewers and they're maybe having conversation in the chats with each other, asking a few questions every now and then. You got a lot of people that are watching and not really, they're watching to consume it. They're not really watching to like ask questions or interact with you. But kind of when I'm when I'm doing a TikTok, if I've got anywhere from like 100 viewers to 400 viewers, um, people on TikTok want to talk to you. They expect that when they're in a TikTok live um, commenting with you, they're having a conversation with you. So they're all asking questions. Like I could be sitting there for an hour um, doing start sit questions and get like um, multiple hundred questions, answering like multiple hundred start sit questions, which is kind of ridiculous and kind of crazy. Just kind of rattling them off. You don't have a ton of time to think. And then you know, even though it's like a hundred questions or more than that, really, um, even though it's hundreds of questions, I, I still think about it. Like later on in the day, I'm like, crap, I told that guy to start, uh, to sit Dawson Knox. I should have done that. I feel bad about that, but <laughs> it's kind of, it's cool because it just gives you a different way to kind of develop those skills in terms of how you're communicating with audiences and getting, um, 
rapid fire in terms of Q and A's and being able to interact and answer questions. No, that sounds awesome. Do you, do you feel like TikTok is your favorite way to put out content or, or do you have a preferred medium? I do like TikTok. Um, I don't know if I don't have a preferred. I do like, I like, I like visual. I like um, camera. I do like podcasts. Um, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't do an individual podcast without a video component, but I, I think a lot of people right now, they're all doing it combined. You know, you're, you're shooting the video for them. You're putting out the audio. So I don't think I favor it. Um, I do like short form a lot better than long form, maybe uh, just cause I like to get a little creative with it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, it feels like the, the content out there is getting a lot more diverse from yeah. it's not just articles. It's not just a hour long podcast or even a two hour yeah. podcast, or <laughs> even pre-shows uh, on Sundays for three hours. It, you said it, you're on TikTok doing TikTok live. Like that was unheard of even a year ago, probably. Um, so I think that's, that's great that we're pushing the boundaries of, yeah. of how we put out content because we have a very diverse uh, group of people consuming our content. So any way we can get it out there is fantastic. Um, so I know you're a big Clemson supporter. Uh, if you guys are watching on YouTube, you'll see the, the Clemson uh, in the background. If you're listening, then you'll have to trust me. She's got Clemson memorabilia <laughs> in the background. <laughs> um, but do you have a favorite player uh, while they were playing college at Clemson? So I love this question because I always um, think about it. Like I always think of guys that are in the NFL. Uh, so you've got, you know, a very talented group you can choose from. Um but if I'm thinking about specifically when they were in college, um, CJ Spiller, I know he probably broke a lot of fantasy hearts of people when he was actually in the NFL. But CJ Spiller in college was just, oh, man, it was dynamic. When he stepped, I remember when he stepped on the field for the first time, it just, it felt different. You know, those players where they get that first carry and you look at them, you're like, whoa, that's a little bit different than the guy before you. Um, yeah, he was just so much fun to watch. And then he, when he played, um, uh, he played with James Davis, who I think played like maybe a couple years. Um, in maybe I don't know, did he get to? Was he Buffalo too? He played a couple of years in the NFL. Um, but they were like that thunder and lightning punch, which was just so much fun. Um, being able to have those two different guys that were just kind of extremely extremely dynamic that was back when our run game was really the preference we were a little bit shaky at quarterback back then so having those guys those speed guys the cj spill or cj spillers andre ellington types were were really our bread and butter right there i get that i i went to virginia tech myself so uh then acc well, we're still acc but we weren't before so i was there with the acc and uh, that was when we were actually good. This is yeah. <laughs> it's been a little bit since I was there, um, but I, I totally get yeah. that. And there's definitely some players that are just very dynamic. Uh, when you're seeing them live in college, it gets a little different in the NFL, but that's that's exciting. So now I'm gonna kind of now spin it forward, like your your normal question, like you said. So did you have a favorite Clemson alum in the NFL then that you got to watch? Yeah, it's DeAndre Hopkins. It always is. Um, I was super fortunate to move from Clemson to Houston and Houston went through a time period where apparently they just wanted to like snatch up all the Clemson players they could. So, um, so yeah, at least I got to have like my, you know, my hometown guys while I was in Houston before, you know, things went kind of chaotic and awry. But yeah, it's, it's DeAndre Hopkins for me. That's awesome. And I know... For most of us, we obviously you played before you ever created content. So you're in your home leagues, um, whether like you're in Houston. Uh, so whether you have a lot of people that are Texans fans uh, or whether maybe you're playing with 
friends and family from their supports of Clemson. You get a lot of biases in in those leagues, um, and everyone wants to draft those players way ahead of ADP, um, mm-hmm. which is understandable. Hey, draft your guy, have fun with it. But as a content creator, um, how, like, are you cognizant of your like fandom and maybe some some biases and like how do you how do you not let that impact your your rankings or your, your content? Ironically, I would probably say the the guys that I'm like Clemson, and I'm a Packers fan too. So I'd probably say like my Clemson guys and my Packers guys, I'm not as biased with. I actually get more biased towards guys that I kind of latch on to. It's just like guys that I'm just big fans of, like a Terry McLaurin. Like I give more chances than I should in terms, but but yeah, I, I don't. I'm I'm pretty um, good with keeping my bias out of it for the Clemson guys. Um, I gotta, you know, keep my keep myself in check when it comes to those other guys that I just latch on to as like big fans of. No, that's great. I, I would also put out that that advice with uh, in your home leagues, not you specifically, but just anyone listening. Uh, know your home leagues, and if anybody has those biases and those tendencies, and yeah. take advantage of it. If you know you're playing, like, like I said, you're you're in Houston. There's not a lot of Texans to pick right now, but let's say they really wanted somebody from the Texans. <laughs> take advantage of that. Uh, let yeah. them draft them ahead of time and, and be aware of that. So uh, that definitely helps you once you once we get into season. Um, that's great. And like we talked about earlier, the fantasy sports space is growing rapidly, um, which is awesome. A lot of different content out there. Uh, like you said, we talked about so many different forms of content, and you're fairly new. Like I said, you're a rising star, but we I think you just said you've been doing this for about a year now. Yeah. So do you have any advice for anyone that maybe is thinking about creating content kind of like you were last year, or maybe they just got started? Yeah. I mean, I really have two big things that I think um, were really what contributed to uh, me being able to push forward in the industry. Um, I mean, the big thing is one, um, no show is too big or too small. <laughs> you, you know, if someone asks you to go on the show and you have the ability and obviously there's time constraints and stuff, I would ideally say yes to literally everything, but um, I have a couple kids and work and stuff. And so I get a little bit time constraints on when I can start and do stuff. But if you have the ability, any show that you have the ability to physically do, say yes to it because um, you never know who's watching. You never know. Um, sometimes, you know, there might be a smaller show that maybe someone bigger in the industry is just a fan of and they just watch it and they have maybe a relationship with that person or they just genuinely enjoy the content you never know what's going to catch someone's eye and the more exposure that you get to different shows the more experience that you get with answering questions uh showcasing your personality your content the the better that you get um because it is really all about reps. And I guess that kind of leads to the second, I I guess like everyone says that it's all about reps, but I swear it is. (laughs) It kind of leads to the second part of it where, um, you know, yeah, reps. I mean, if you're obviously, if you're growing an individual podcast or an individual YouTube channel, you do want to care about, you know, increasing your viewership and your audience and whatnot. But if your goal is to be a contributor, you maybe want to work for bigger sites or contribute to places. Um, views don't really matter. <laughs> kind of like, kind of put that outside of your mind that it, it doesn't, it, that your content doesn't matter if it's only getting 12 views, because that's not true. Um, you produce as much quality content as possible and don't get discouraged if literally only five people are watching it, because that's not really what it's about. It's about you putting out your content, you putting out as much as possible, getting the reps in, 
having a nice showcase of your work because people, if you go to, you know, contribute to a site, they're not going to look and say, oh man, you know, I really like this video, but you didn't get, you didn't, you didn't reach a hundred views. <laughs> they're not going to say that. They care about the content that you're putting out there. So you want to have that body of work. You want to showcase that, you know, over a, even if it's not over a long period of time, for me, I didn't have a lengthy period of time that I could point to and say, here's all of this content that I've had in my expertise over the years. I said, no, I'm, you know, I have to counteract that by doing as much as humanly possible. So I'm just going to put out a ton of content to showcase that I do have breadth of knowledge and showcase, you know, what I can do and my personality and in and, and my style. And the only way you can do that is if you put out the content as much as possible. So that's the big thing with me is that, you know, I, it's it's weird uh, sometimes when I, you know, see people that have seen, oh yeah, no, I saw that video that you did last year. And I'm like, cool, that playlist had a ton of videos that literally only got 20 views. It wasn't a very big, it wasn't a very big, you know, big thing and viral and stuff like that. But it was just a showcase of what I could do. And that's really at the end of the day, all that matters. So that's, that's what I think is truly important. That's wonderful advice. And I think a lot of people need to hear that and need to understand that one, just take the plunge, have yeah. fun with it, be vulnerable. Um, but the, I guess, you, like you said, support yourself too. Um, yeah, yeah. don't worry about all the, all the clicks, all the views. Yes, that's wonderful. And yes, if it's your own business, you need that to monetize. But, um, as long as you're helping one person, at least that's for me, that's yeah. really all I care about. Um, just putting out the best quality you can and, and have fun. Well, thank you. And so that was the last of like the, we'll call them the, the serious questions I had. I have some rapid fire questions if, if you're game for them. I am always. All right. All <laughs> right. So, uh, we're mixing it up from, I, I had a list before, so people are listening. These are going to be different than the, the previous questions you heard from the last episode, but I had to, had to change it. Can't, can't get you guys too comfortable, keep you on your toes. So I, I would say not really controversial like the other ones, but it'll be fun. <laughs> um, is it pronounced GIF or GIF? GIF. Yeah, right. GIF. <laughs> All right. That, that one's, that might be the most controversial one I put on here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Is cereal a type of soup? No. Um, and I weirdly don't eat cereal now. I think I kind of like, like over cereal myself as a child. So uh, no cereal for me. It's not a soup. Not a fan. All right. Uh, so you have young kids. Um, so I'm sure you've watched a lot of Disney movies, whether it was during your own childhood or even now with your kids. So do you have a favorite animated Disney movie? So my, my two-year-old is obsessed with the Cars movie, um, Cars everything, uh, Cars in general, but the movie, uh, he loves, you know, he has Cars shoes, Cars t-shirts, Cars everything. Um, so that's probably the one that we sit down and watch the most. My oldest is anti-cartoons. I haven't figured it out. He's very into Avengers, which someone might say, like, your oldest is five. That's questionable parenting when <laughs> your kid watches a whole bunch of Avengers movies, but it's what he loves. I wish that we could sit down and watch like Mulan. I would love that if we could like sit down and watch like classic Disney movies. But unfortunately he really wants to see, you know, Iron Man and Spider-Man and Hulk. <laughs> That's great. Um, now is it Cars 1, Cars 2 or Cars 3 or all of them? Oh, he doesn't care. Uh, so I just put on <laughs> Cars 1 the most probably. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no, I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old myself, so um, I try to get the rotation going, but every once in a while, you might get stuck in a movie for like three yeah. weeks or something. Yeah. So I, I understand that. <laughs> Luckily, yes. they're mostly pretty good. Uh, <laughs> if, 
If you could time travel, would you travel to the past or travel to the future? I would travel to the past. Um, I'm like I'm weirdly obsessed with uh, with period films and period series stuff like the Tudors and like um, the uh, Bolins and uh, Henry the uh, Eighth and all that good stuff. So like I think I would ideally like if there were like no consequences or anything, I would travel back to then and like kind of experience that time period. Something about kings and queens and all of that just kind of very interesting. That does sound interesting. I- I don't know which I would choose, honestly, but but I like that answer. And my last one for you. So I'm sure you've made a lot of PB&J sandwiches, yes. uh, especially with the kids. So when you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, is it smooth or crunchy peanut butter? This is for you, not not for the kids. Um, so for me, it would have to be smooth. I'm, re- I'm very weird. I'm probably the only person in the world that doesn't like jelly. I don't know why it's something... I don't know. It's a consistency thing, um, but I can only eat smooth peanut butter too. I don't like crunchy peanut butter. Uh, so yeah, that's my so if it's, Yeah. If it's no <laughs> jelly, is there anything else with the peanut? Or is it just bread and peanut butter? It would just be bread and peanut butter, but you're, yeah, I would just at that point resort to like peanut butter crackers or something. Fair enough. So then I guess when you're making for the kids, then what's the proper order of ingredients for you as you're constructing a sandwich? So smooth peanut butter for them too. Um, I put the peanut butter down first uh, and then I do, and I don't double dip. That's one of the things that like irritates me. I don't like, I would get like an, like, well, I do the squeeze jelly. I do the squeeze jelly. So you don't have to like double dip into like a jelly jar and stuff like that. But uh, peanut butter first, then jelly, close and cut. See, I did similar, but I do peanut butter on both, like on one side of the bread and then the other side of the bread as well. And then jelly in the middle. So the jelly yeah. doesn't seep through the bread. That's fine. That's my, that's my go-to uh, <laughs> for peanut butter and jelly, but that's all the, the rapid fire questions I have. So I think, I think we got through that unscathed with any, any yes. so, <laughs> I appreciate it. And again, thank you for your time and coming on here. I hope everyone enjoyed all the getting to know you a little bit better and shared a lot of great advice. Um, if you don't mind, can you, I guess plug some of your content, tell everyone where they can find you and and hear all your wonderful advice. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, best place to find me is on Twitter. Um, it's Tara Time. I put all of one well, vast majority of my content that I do out there. Um, main thing that we've got going on right now, um, Dynasty Viper stuff. I mean, we got stuff coming out weekly. Uh, we have a show. Uh, to, so the Tuesday night show is at 10 p.m. Eastern time, I believe. Um and we'll have more shows coming out as the off season is progressing. And then you can find my stuff. I'll be doing um, player stuff as well. I'm going to go back to TikTok videos. I took a little break over the past few weeks or so because um, I got sick. And then I just kind of like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> had a tough, tough time recovering from that. But uh, but yeah, uh, I also have a TikTok as well. Made my own TikTok. Uh, vast majority of my TikToks you can find on the Fantasy Pros TikTok channel. But I will be posting some of my own. Uh, same username. It's Tara Time. I'm going to try and keep everything nice and easy to find there. But yeah, um, if you can follow me on there, that would be awesome. And then just on Twitter as well. Great. Yeah. Definitely make sure you go follow Tara on TikTok. Um, also Twitter, but especially TikTok. A lot of great content coming out from her there. Uh, So this is Triple Play Fantasy. You're either watching this on YouTube. Go ahead and like the video. Subscribe to the channel. We have so much content coming out this offseason and not just football. So if you're a fan of basketball and baseball, we got you covered too. If you're listening to this on the podcast, go ahead and make sure you're following the podcast. uh, And uh, that way you don't miss any episodes. We come out every Monday morning uh, with these interview series. But there's also other content coming out on this channel as well. So 
thank you for your time, Tara. And thank you for everyone watching and listening. Have a great day, everybody.